It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, hurrah, boys, hurrah, down with the traitor. Welcome back to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only at KNews 98.5, broadcasting from the great metropolis of Santa Margarita, California. I'm Stu Jenkins. As a lawyer, I've tried Slow County cases since 1978. Among those have been suits striking down unconstitutional election laws, city ordinances criminalizing homelessness, and the Bureau of Cannabis Control's authorization of cannabis billboards on Highway 101. It has been my privilege to repeatedly serve as Superior Court Special Master, and I help people protect their families and real estate with their estate plans. I bring you officials, lawyers and organizations shaping public policy and law on slow county public policy and the law. Last week, I spoke with attorney Jessica Crutchfield about what property owners and purchasers of real estate can do to protect themselves from EPA actions and liability. She provided information that folks can use to avoid liability for expensive cleanup of toxic materials found on or under property they are buying or might own already. If you missed Ms. Crutchfield's important policy perspectives, log on to the podcast of last week's interview at knews985.com. Then click on the tab for Slow County Public Policy and the Law and scroll down to the latest podcasts. You can also listen to our Independence Week special. If you missed those important policy perspectives, just log in. This hour, we are going to have a thoughtful discussion with Atascadero's Mayor, Heather Moreno. Did I get that right, Heather? Moreno, pretty close. Moreno. Moreno. Okay. <laughs> we uh, have an hour to get it. We'll, I, that's right. Moreno, I, I will practice a lot. Besides being mayor of our county's third largest city, Ms. Moreno is a working CPA and a candidate for county supervisor in the March 5th, 2024 election. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you, Stu, and I will Moreno. 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 You got it. Okay. Uh, the important thing is that people can spell it when they go to the polls. That's exactly okay. it. Recognize it and fill in the bubble. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I like to start out with my guests by just getting a little background. Sure so thing. where are you from originally? Yeah, originally La Mesa is where I was born, down in San Diego sure. County, uh-huh. and moved to uh, Huntington Beach in Orange County when I was in junior high. And my husband and I moved up here to Atascadero just 19 years ago this past weekend. Well, you're just a newcomer then. That's exactly. I tell people it's like, you know, Atascadero time, I've been here 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I, uh, you know, my, uh, my family lived in Atascadero for quite a few years. We had the fifth oldest colony house oh, uh, on Junipero Street. Mm-hmm. As soon as we went to buy something and asked for it to be delivered to Junipero, everybody got confused. <laughs> so I, I love Atascadero. It's a wonderful town, and I, I know you're happy there. Well, do you have a family uh, uh, my, my husband and I, along with our two cats that we got from Woods Humane. Okay. So, yes. Okay. And uh, where were you educated? 
I got my BA in accounting from Cal State Fullerton and then you know got my CPA license and worked for KPMG for a number of years down in Orange County. Oh, so you was that a TV station or a radio station? <laughs> As an attorney, you would know. Yeah, one of the big four. Well, now big four. I'm dating myself, though. It was a big six at the time, uh, okay. accounting firms. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, so what got you into being a CPA? I mean, I, I took a accounting class at Cal Poly years ago, and the professor jumped up on the desk at the first meeting and told us that uh, if we became accountants, we'd either get divorced, go insane, or become alcoholics. And uh, I, I sort of got the impression he might have done all three. But uh, you don't seem like you're well, in that same mold. probably why I don't do it anymore. So I still have an active <laughs> license, but I no longer practice. It is when you're in public accounting, you know, certainly. Uh, mm-hmm. Even in governmental accounting, I see our administrative services department. And when it comes budget time, financial statement time, there are a lot of deadlines that you have to meet and a lot that, that comes into play to get that done. Uh, I also worked on some, you know, SEC I- engagements. So whether it was just your quarterly filings or, you know, you have an IPO, something going on, you could be, you know, with the printers around the clock. And So was this for, for corporations to report to the Securities and Exchange Commission? Correct. My yeah. goodness. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what what led you into Atascadero politics? <laughs> I know it's it's fun because people will ask, oh, did you always know you wanted to be in politics? I think, no. Who, <laughs> who, who has always wanted to be in politics? I'm sure there are some, and not that there's anything at all wrong with that. Uh, but it was something in 2007, I got involved in a, in a local issue that my friend was really engaged with. She was a local realtor right. and got engaged in a creek setback uh, ordinance issue. And a, a lot of the properties in Atascadero are you know, up against either Blue Line Creeks you know, or Major Creeks or even Salinas. And well, and so, you've got the maps from the original Atascadero colony and then the overlay maps from the receiver. It gets fairly complex. It gets complex. And, and the thing is, too, E.G. Lewis, back you know when we first developed the colony of Atascadero, was smart and put in natural creek reservations. And, and so the, the creek, there was nothing, you know, there was nothing coming out in, in the water, uh, if you will, that said, oh, we have a problem and we need to increase the setback because, you know, people are building, they're doing something on their property that's creating a water problem that, that didn't exist. So it was it was a divisive issue for, for certain, and it's not something that affected me and my family personally, but as my friend was talking enough about it, I thought, okay, it's, this is an issue that affects other people, and I'm hoping that someday if something affects me, other people will also stand up and, and, and help work on that. So a handful of us over two weeks collected more than 2,000 signatures, and we got the the Creek setback ordinance overturned. And so that was my foray into politics, if you will. So you got a referendum on. Yes. And did the city council put it on the ballot or did they say, back up and say, okay, we're not going to do it? They backed up and they didn't do it. Well, good for you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And uh, so so that got you involved. Uh, What was your next step? Well, during that time, I met a couple of the council members, as you would imagine, we're a small town. And I was um, asked by Tom O'Malley, who had a vacancy on the planning commission, his planning commissioner for personal reasons needed to step down. And he asked me if I would fill that role. And uh, honestly, I wasn't all that excited about it. It sounded a little dull to me. And, but with a l- encouragement from several folks, I, I did and, and found it much more interesting than I ever would have thought. And so I did that for two and a half years and through the end of 2010. 
And at the time when that finished up, I asked uh, to not be reappointed. I was finishing up a graduate degree from Fuller Theological Seminary down in Southern California. So I was doing a little bit of traveling as well as some online classes. And I said, I've got to finish this up and, and I can't keep splitting my time. But it was a really good two and a half years and I learned a lot. So does this mean we should refer to you as Reverend? <laughs> no need. <laughs> okay. I'm just checking. I mean, I, I want to make sure I follow the rules. Yeah. Heather, Heather is just fine. All right, Heather. And, uh, well, that, that doesn't get you to be mayor. What, what happened after that? Yes. So in 2012, there was a vacancy on the city council. Uh, Tom O'Malley was the first uh, elected mayor in Atascadero. Mm-hmm. We were the last city to have an elected mayor. You know, typically, they would rotate. Right. And when he ran, he was running unopposed. And so at that point, I had some individuals, again, just encouraging me, hey, consider you know, kind of throwing your hat in the ring for that. And so it was very thoughtful, of course, talked a lot with my husband about that and decided to do that through my hat in the ring and got the appointment in December of 2012, served the rest of that term, ran for election in 2014 and, and was elected. And now you've been reelected twice, haven't you? Well, that was council. So in 2018, when um, and then Tom O'Malley had you know, retired, if you will, right. not that mayors uh-huh. retire per se, but you know, decided that was going to be the last term. Right. Uh, I decided to run, so I ran in 2018, and then uh, yes, since then have been reelected twice. Okay. Okay. And uh, well, what's your general philosophy as mayor? What What is it? How do you think the city should be run? A few things. One is very much with that CPA background, a responsible spending of taxpayer dollars. I think when you're in when you're in this kind of position, you need to be keenly aware that the money you are talking about is the taxpayer money, even when it's let's say federal or state matching dollars. Sometimes you know we like to throw away throw around the term like, oh well, it's free money coming in. Well, it's never free money doesn't mean we shouldn't pursue it because it's nothing that we had to take out of our general fund, but to have that, to ever have that idea or philosophy that there's free money out there, it's not free money, it is our taxpayer money, and we need to be very wise and responsible with it. Well, and you also have uh, certain conditions when you accept that money that you have to meet. uh, Yes. Among them, of course, is uh, government accounting issues, uh, which which I guess you're fairly qualified to deal with, aren't you? Yeah. And it, it often people say, well, there's strings attached. And sometimes those strings are okay. And other times they're not. And you say mm-hmm. no to the money. Right. Uh, but I think that's, that's one of my, that's one of my key philosophies. Um, another, when I, when I became mayor, I asked all of my colleagues on the council, as well as the department heads to read the book Essentialism. And what I, what I find is it's very easy in government to start listing out all of these priorities. Well, you know, prior to the you know, to just a couple hundred years ago, the word priority didn't come in the plural. It was singular only. But you can then start to say, well, we've got these nine priorities. And for a city our size, you shouldn't have nine. You shouldn't have seven. You've got to boil it down to a few key priorities. And sometimes you have to say no to good things in order to get the the great things done that you want to do. And what are the great things that you have wanted to do that you feel that you've gotten done? Uh, one of them is to, to fully fund our public safety. That's been really important. So in 2019, I started a, a program in the, in the chamber. I came on board and really helped to facilitate something we called Talk on the Block. 
because we want to go out into the neighborhoods. It's you know easy. We can always have these open meetings, which we do, of course, and invite people to come. But somehow coming to City Hall can seem imposing or like I don't have time for that. So we started going into neighborhoods and you know often like churches or community areas and inviting people to come. Well, who's going into the neighborhoods? Is oh, it yes. the council yeah, we, or so is the it, council and is city it the police staff and the fire? City staff, all the okay. department heads mm-hmm. and then council was welcome. So this is something that the chamber hosted, invited the community to in different areas throughout town. We were able to go over with the residents and say, kind of, here's how the budget looks. Here's where your money goes. What kind of questions do you have? What do you want that you're not seeing here? What do you think the needs in the community are? And really have that that open dialogue. So we did that for a couple of years. And then in 2019, we decided that we needed to take a look at a ballot measure for sales tax in order to, the big thing was improve public safety. For example, the number of police officers, you know, three per shift versus now being able to have four per shift, increasing dispatch technology, vehicles, Now, was that a, a, a city sales tax yes. on top of the uh, state sales tax? Correct. And, and was it a dedicated tax or did it go into the general fund? No, it goes into the general fund. We already have a sales tax, um, citizen sales tax oversight committee. Mm-hmm. And so while it goes into the general fund, we show, okay, here's what we got from D20 and we mail out to residents every year, say, here's where it went. Here's how we've invested that. And you can see that more than 80% has gone to police and fire. Okay. And what's the other 20% gone to? Other things within general services, obviously, a lot of it is um, is salaries okay. um, to be able to, to keep the people we need and sometimes to hire new people to get the things done that, that need doing. Now, I know we every city is different. The city of San Luis has a huge debt to uh, PERS. Mm-hmm. Does a Tascadero have a similar problem, or are you uh, straight with your pension funds? You know, we like any, like almost every other city in California, we do have that that unfunded liability. Okay. Um, it's in our it's in our seven year budget, and you'll see how we're continuing to pay that down. And you'll see there's a, a point within a few years that it peaks a little bit, and that is going to start coming back down. And as you know, a lot of that is driven by decisions at the PERS level that have nothing to do with what we're doing, like changing the discount rate, uh, things like that. Well, and and PERS telling cities years ago, oh, we're we're so right, we're flush, so flush, you yeah. don't need to pay us anymore. Well, uh, and then also deciding that they're not going to invest in certain things that they find somehow objectionable, and then that decreases increases the sure. return on investment. So sure. a lot of things. When they decide not to invest in oil companies. Exactly. Uh, all right. Um, are there other accomplishments you feel you've made at the city of Atascadero? You know, number one was hiring a very good city manager. So when I first came on, we had our city manager leave. We hired a really good city manager. She was our administrative services director. And that was the best decision that we could have made. Soon after that, about a year and a half, two years later, we brought on Terry Banish, who has been in charge of, one, she's our PIO, but she's also in charge of promotions for the city. Now, for our listeners, what's a PIO? Yes, it's our public information officer. There we go. Yeah. Uh, and we find that very useful. But the bigger thing is, 
we wanted to start creating events and having things happen in Atascadero because for years, I don't know if you, you visit there much, but there was always the, you know, there's nothing to do in Atascadero, nothing to do in Atascadero. And we've changed that over the years. And what's really key for me, a lot of people think, well, you know, you're just, it's just events. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, that has nothing to do with economic development. And you really, you couldn't be further from the truth if you're thinking that. Last year on September 1st, we had the grand opening for La Plaza, which is this big, beautiful development right downtown across from City Hall and Sunken Gardens. And Mike Zappas is the Zappas family that developed that and really a legacy project for them. It's absolutely beautiful. He said to me, you know, several years ago when I saw this tamale festival with thousands and thousands of people downtown, I thought, hmm, I could do something down here. And that was kind of what sparked him starting to think about what was possible. And so if somebody wants to locate a business in Atascadero, interestingly enough, you don't think about it, but they say, well, what are my employees going to do? Where are they going to go at lunch? Where are they going to go after work? And so mm -hmm. this lends to that. And, and I think we've done a great job with that. And are you finding people are commuting to Atascadero to work or... Uh, when I lived there, it was mostly a commuter city right. that fed either Paso Robles with uh, employees or San Luis Obispo with employees. And your memory is correct, and that is the challenge that we have is a jobs housing imbalance. And so we're looking at how do we bring more jobs to our area and lessen that leakage. Mm -hmm. Okay. But now you're running for supervisor. Um, can you tell our listeners what the 5th District is now. It's been redistricted a couple <laughs> of times now, uh, just in the last couple of years. Uh, what what communities are in the 5th District today? Yeah, it's it's mostly back to where it was, which if you'll remember, you know, Atascadero is the, the main incorporated city in that district. There's a little bit of San Luis Obispo, part of Cal Poly, and, and, and another little sliver of San Luis. And then going out east, California Valley, and of course at, you know, Santa Margarita, Creston, Pozo, all of those areas. So you rep you, if you win, you'll represent Soda Lake. Well, I mean, <laughs> you, you've got me on that one. So uh -oh. it, yeah, apparently, <laughs> I'm going to okay. go look that up, Stu. It's a great place if you want to shoot rockets off once it dries out. Well, that's probably not my thing, but, but that's but all that's, right. You know, that, that's a couple of, well, more than a couple of decades ago for me. <laughs> um, well, what's your vision for the county if you uh, if you get the job? My, my vision right now, I mean, short term, is how do we start working together and building consensus? And that's something that I've been able to do well in Atascadero, and it's something that I think I can break to the county. When you, you know, across the board, except for maybe, you know, the extremes, you know, most people want us to get along and get the business done. And like I said, that's something that I've been able to do really well in Atascadero, bringing, you know, just different people together on the council and, and hearing from the public and everybody's got a different point of view. But how do we come together on a common mission and a common goal? And then in our individual decisions, how do we honor and respect each other as we're doing that, have, a, have our differences, but be able to move forward in a way that is for the betterment of the entire community? Well, and, and you mentioned on the fringes, uh, uh, there's deep divisions on the fringes. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that there was a resolution in Atascadero about whether or not uh, uh, pride flags should be 
put up. Uh, was we didn't, that a, we didn't was, have anything about pride was flags. Was that a divisive issue? Is it a divisive issue in Atascadero? We haven't had the issue of pride flags come and up. There was uh, an issue at the Board of Supervisors about uh, uh, white supremacists in Templeton. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do you have any comments on that particular controversy that came before the supervisor? the Board of Supervisors. I think the problem there was that in a proclamation to call out Templeton when what mm-hmm. we what we knew was that the, you know, I'll, I'll call them disruptors, and that is the kindest word I can think for, for people flying those kinds we, we, of we banners. Don't, we don't let you use other words on, N- yeah. on radio. No, that's, that's all I will say. <laughs> um, but we know yeah. they were not mm-hmm. from our county. They were from out of the area. Yeah. And being that we know that, number one, if we start bringing attention to it, aren't we doing the exact thing that they want us to do? Mm-hmm. And I think it's just creating more division, especially on the fringes. And then if you're putting that, if you're trying to put that into a proclamation and you're calling out Templeton, well, we're kind of beating up on Templeton when they've done nothing wrong. They just happened to, you know, to have a bridge where some bridge. outsiders came in yeah. and mm-hmm. were putting up very you know, abhorrent and disruptive messages. Okay. Folks, you're listening to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. We're having a very good discussion with Heather Moreno. 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 <laughs> a Tascadero's mayor and a candidate for the 5th District Board of Supervisors uh, in the March 5th 2024 election. Well, Heather, you if you've got a campaign, and I know you do because I looked at your website, <laughs> it's a very good website. Thank uh, you. How do people find you? Uh, Heather Forslow, that's Heather, F-O-R-S-L-O dot com. And um, are you looking for volunteers? Volunteers, um, endorsements. Does your campaign have a phone number things. if people want to um, It's actually just my phone number, so feel free to call me, 805-464-9030. My goodness, that's a your personal cell phone. That is my personal cell phone. We'll tell our tell our listeners one more time. Eight zero five four six four ninety thirty. Very good, and uh, this election is not very far away. Eight months uh, from two days ago, <laughs> or one day ago, one day ago, eight months yesterday, right? Yeah. So it's coming <laughs> Who's up. Who's counting what, those, Stu? What are you doing to campaign? Uh, right now, it's been sort of getting a, a foundation together of people who support and have different talents and skills. It's been a lot of fundraising. We just had a deadline uh, last Friday and did very well, and we'll be showing that at the end of this month. Well, you're an accountant, so I bet you can tell us the exact number. Oh, I could, but I won't be. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. So you can all look up her 465 forms at the, the county. The 460 forms will be available. Um, they're, they're due by the end of July. All right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, let's see. So that covers your war chest. Uh, Folks, we're going to be wrapping up so you can listen to the news, but then we're going to come back and we're going to talk with this wonderful candidate for the 5th District Board of Supervisors. Stay tuned.